Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're going to start with the second chapter in the book called Why We Fall in Love with Particular People. This is such, like, a big question. Yeah. Like, because have you ever just been really into someone and been like, why? Like, I don't. Yeah, almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is this happening? Right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Sparrow. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we are going to get into a new book this week yeah. called How to Find Love. <laughs> and it's written by, it just says, The School of Life. <laughs> so, <laughs> The School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. I don't know if this is like, it's. A, I think they have like a series of different things, you know, mm, that how to find, sense. et cetera, et cetera. But you got this in London? I did. Yeah. yeah. I really like it, though. It is good, yeah. Nice quick read. Each chapter's to the point about a different part of love. Um, But uh, I guess first, as usual, guys, uh, you definitely want to check out the Patreon. (laughs) Yo, we got some big stuff over there this week. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of personal things flying around in there. Uh, So it's patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. You want to check that out. Become Mm -hmm. a member. Also, we're going to be adding video. So I'm so excited about this. I am too. I'm mm-hmm. very excited because also there might be the option we might do if you're a Patreon member, if you want the full video of the episode, mm-hmm. we might have that as an option. We're going to be surveying people. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, join the Patreon. Help help your girls out uh, with those expenses. Yeah, bringing the pod to a new level. And uh, also, I personally have a new podcast that's called what's up cuz and it's with uh lisa velastro the wife of buddy velastro aka cake boss mm-hmm. uh so if you're a fan of the cake boss show we share some like behind the scenes stuff also just personal life stuff that goes on in their lives uh that you know maybe isn't on tv mm-hmm. and we also answer fan emails so if you want to check that out it's everywhere you listen to podcasts what's up cuz uh and yeah that's been really fun and it's it's really great i yeah. mean obviously you're wonderful on it oh thank um, you very much and that if people on here really like you they're they're gonna love it over <laughs> there but lisa really blew me away yeah because she doesn't get that much airtime on the show her husband's right. essentially like the star he's the boss right so he gets the most airtime of all the sisters in the family mm-hmm. uh that honestly she impressed me too because she is the one our family is so loud and big mm-hmm. and italian yeah that she's like the person that talks the least that i could even tell when i was telling the family like oh we're gonna do this podcast people are kind of like Lisa's gonna talk uh but she's great <laughs> she's honestly so good, she's yeah. really funny she's great and it's kind of one of those things that I'm like if you give her a chance to talk she'll talk she's got stuff to <laughs> like, say yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does but everybody always interrupts and overpowers people yeah um but we will have other family members on the podcast as well but yeah if you're a cake bus fan and also it's uh pretty pg yeah like uh there is some you know we talked uh the episode this week actually there's a mentioning of like talking to your kids about sex and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like, it is diving into topics that technically aren't TV cake boss, clean friendly. Right. But it's a podcast. Like if you have kids or something or mixed company, you can listen to a mixed company and you won't feel super uncomfortable. Right. I guess it's kind of the difference. And so. if you have questions like, cause you, it is very much, um, 
like listener questions. So if it's stuff that you know that people want your opinion on that's not necessarily tied to dating, that's a great place to throw in those questions. And oh yeah, it's very just like broad type of questions that you guys would answer. Yeah, we get a lot of questions that center around like family things. Yeah, like weddings, of course. Mm-hmm. There's always wedding drama. Always stuff with kids. <laughs> so it's kind of like she's a parent, I'm not. So it's kind of like parent to kid perspective and i usually take the side of like kid perspective right type of situation so it is interesting it'll uh, be interesting if you listen back to that after you have kids and are like oof <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was one thing i said and she was like yeah because you don't have kids i was like yeah i know <laughs> i know that's how i feel because i don't have any <laughs> i was like i'm very aware <laughs> you know um but yeah it's int- there's stuff they're my family members and there's stuff she shared that i had no idea oh. even though it's about her and buddy because there's like a i think I don't know, like a, over ten year age gap between us. Mm-hmm. Like they were married mad young, dude. Really, twenty one when they got married. Wow. He was twenty three. I was like, damn. Like my parents are twenty three, but I, but they're like a handful. I think fourteen years behind my parents. So okay. I was like, shit, still, like yeah. still get married at twenty one. Wild. Wow. Anyway, that's fun for you then to like hear those stories is. about your family. Yeah, it kind of helps. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't personally know her super well, mm-hmm. that I'll think to ask her questions that she, uh, I guess, opens up about it. I don't know. Maybe no one's asked her directly. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, finally. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I guess other than if you want to help us out, join the Patreon. Uh, we're just getting into our stuff today. Yeah. All right. So this book, How to Find Love, uh, we're going to start with the second chapter in the book called Why We Fall in Love with Particular People. This is such like a big question. Yeah. Like, because have you ever just been really into someone and been like, Why? Like, I don't... Yeah, almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is this happening? Or I feel like you know when it's looks. You're like, well, they're hot. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, they're painfully stupid. <laughs> I've had those where I'm like, oh, you're pretty. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But then there's other people... It's always... You know what it is for me? It's always when you're over that person that you're like, why did I ever like that guy? Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's just very clear to see, like, the flaws in them when you're over it. Yeah. But that's the truth of, like, no one is perfect. And everybody has some type of flaws. Right. So it's always like, look, we're all just trying to find somebody that <laughs> the good outweighs the bad. Because we all have bad. Know what y- I mean? Yeah. Or like a lot of times when you're in a relationship, like you just have the blinders on to the bad. And then yeah. once you're out of it, you kind of get this like bird's eye view and you're like, oh God, like <laughs> that's what everyone else was seeing. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Or it is, it's such an interesting thing of like, uh, I think my friend has a joke where he's like, if you want to know what people think about your significant other, tell them you broke up. Oh. He's like, for some reason, when you ask people, but you're still with the person, no one really tells you anything. Right. And he's like, but you're asking because you want the honest feedback. Yeah. you never really get it. Like, even yeah. in my own family, I feel like you only really get it if it hits the point of like, oh, I might marry this person. And you bring out like, I might get married. Like... You know, are there yeah. any concerns you see? And even then, it's very touchy of what you can and can't say. But I feel like that's the only time people will finally open their mouth and be like, um, these would be my concerns long term. Yeah. And like, leave it at that. That's so funny because uh, as like people who regularly listen to this know that um, my ex from grad school, he went to college with my brother. So they obviously like knew each other. Um, and when my brother found out that, like I told my brother when we started dating and he was like really nice about it like really cool about it like it wasn't weird at all and I think he didn't know like how much I liked him or like the situation fully but like he knew we were hanging out all the time like going out all the time and like would ask me like what different guys I was hanging out with just like kind of keeping an eye on it and I know my 
years later, my mom said something to me that like she was talking to my brother about it. And he was like, oh, Mal's not going to stick around with that long. Like, I'm not worried about it. Because my mom was like, oh, she's like really into him. Like, this is a thing. And he okay. was like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, no, no. He's like, it's going to crash and burn. Yeah. He's like, she, she's not going to. Well, probably because he's just seen his pattern. Yeah. He's yeah. like, mm, no, he's not the type. Right. <laughs> Which technically. Very true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Should have told me. But I think like to your point, he knew I was having fun. Like, I was happy at the time. Like, he wasn't going to say something to ruin that. Because he was like, eh, she's 23. She's having a good time. You know, like, who am I to, to ruin that? You know? Yeah. It's the same of, like, if someone is in a long relationship, right? And whether you like the person or you didn't break up and then they start dating, like, say some loser or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're like, yeah, it's a rebound. Right. Like, you're sitting there being like, this is a rebound. It's not going to last. And right. even with that situation, you're, like, never going to say anything negative until maybe you're like, Oh, okay. They've actually been dating a year and now I'm getting worried. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's always, I feel like, the serious level. Yeah. I think if I had, like, taken it up a notch, like, if I had, I mean, God, if I had, like, pulled out a ring or something, he would have been like, sit down. Like, <laughs> we got a chat. I don't even yeah. think ring. I think if you, like, invited him to a family thing, Rob would kind of be like, what do you mean he's coming to this family thing? He would have, he would have asked a lot of more questions. Yeah, yeah. He would suddenly be intrigued. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> She's under his spell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm reading Harry Potter right now currently. Uh, those of you that don't listen to the Patreon <laughs> and uh, might be a few references <laughs> getting thrown in our conversations of love. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yo, do you know love potions are banned at Hogwarts? Anyway. Thought that was a fun fact. <laughs> you would have made them for <laughs> Who wouldn't make them? Who wouldn't make them? Honestly. You you get to do magic at the school for everything else. You got a crush on someone. You can't just love potion them to go to the Yule Ball with you. I don't really see why it's that bad. You can't just drug them. <laughs> <laughs> Slip a little something just, in their drink. <laughs> I'm just saying everyone would do it. That's why they got banned. Okay. But that was a detail. Which is also why roofies are banned. <laughs> well, duh. Listen. It's just a detail. You know. It's a detail I didn't catch the first time I tried to read it and failed. Okay. All right. Anyway, Potter fans, hit me up. Seriously, if anyone's currently reading them, be in my DMs. I want to talk to people about it so bad. And I'm like 20 years behind. They literally came out in like 2000, didn't they? No. Yeah. Whoops. Well, you know what? I should have started babysitting earlier. (laughs) Stole the books from some child. Okay. Anyway. All right. So the back of this book, How to Find Love, uh, up top it says... Choosing a partner is one of the most consequential and tricky decisions we will ever make, and the cost of repeated failure is immense. Yeah. All right. So on that note, we'll get into the chapter. (laughs) Why we fall in love with particular people. A sense of being in love with someone is seldom a prelude to long-term contentment. If we intend to get better at relationships, we must attempt to examine the calls of romantic love rationally. This isn't a question of abandoning instinct, but of improving upon it. The most notable aspect of our instinct in love is its particularity. We aren't capable of falling in love with just anyone. We are powerfully led by our types. I mean, you are. I mean, my question up top is, do they mean type physically or personality? Because I feel like a lot of times it's both. Yeah, I was going to say both. I mean, I think in a lot of ways there are particular boxes that kind of get checked. Of like, oh, I'm into this. Um, I feel I like I kind of have both. Uh, yeah, I have I th- a physical type, but then I also have a 
personality type of like when I lived with uh, Paul and Tom, my two male mm-hmm. roommates, I remember saying someone was cute and they just immediately went, oh, he's your type. And I was like, no, he's not. And then they named like three guys I said were cute. And they were like, they're all goofy, tall, like, da-da-da. and I was like, oh, okay, all right, all you, right. Yeah, you for sure have a type. Yeah. I think more of mine, like the type, it's just like more boxes in the emotional side. Okay. Weirdly. But there are like, I guess similarities in like the people who I've been really, like really into, there are more physical similarities, but like, as far as like just a hookup, no, I feel like most people do have similarities across the board, but I also have this theory personally. There's one thing of like, you hook up with people, right? But people you date, I feel like every person you date, whoever you date right after that has one distinct difference from the person before. Typically. Oh, yeah. And it basically usually is the one thing that, really drove you crazy in that relationship especially if it was a a hard breakup yeah i guess you, know? you didn't end it and you yeah maybe we're yeah like, if like it was, in love but yeah if it was like an amicable thing and you're just kind of like uh you know whatever like didn't work out but like but even then i feel like you you leave each relationship with like a okay the next thing i get in i'm not putting up with this or this is something i would want to be different or this was a quality of that person i didn't like that yeah. I that 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 quality made me be like I'm not doing this the rest of my life with that quality. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think if you're dating smartly, like isn't that kind of the point? Not like the point of dating, but like I guess of like figuring hope. out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you I know? think most people when something ends, the bright side of it is they're like I at least learned this. Like yeah. you learn something on some level. Yeah. But some people don't do that and they just go like complete opposite type yeah and that's not healthy i mean i've done that and they only had like a few things like still emotionally like they had some of the same stuff so Mm. i guess like i was going more for like the opposite opposite like physically yeah that does tend to happen though yeah and yeah so that was very different and then also just like in like kind of like the, the first person I like really fell for I was like oh my god education is so important to me like he went Ivy League like this is like so impressive and like he's so bright we yeah. have these like really in-depth conversations and then like the next one wasn't really the sharpest knife and I was like that's fine like he's a <laughs> lacrosse player that's hot <laughs> like, well no still didn't love me <laughs> uh well I was gonna say maybe going for the opposite type right after a breakup actually is more of like a distancing thing that you almost know you're not going to fall in love with that person. And it's this thing of like, I like them enough, but they're not going to hurt me. I mean, he did, but it was like weird in that when we broke up the day after I called my ex and I went and I saw him and I like Mm. spent like a couple days like in his city and like, yeah, it was, like, a very fucked up situation, but, like, he was that person who I, like, just fell back on, like, so hard, and so, like, I had thought I was, o- basically, I think I kind of, like, tricked myself that I was over him, and then, like, I hit him up immediately, and he was, like, oh, like, yeah, you can come over. I didn't tell him what happened. I was just, like, oh, I'm gonna be, you know, in this uh, place, okay. and then he was, like, yeah, let's get together, hmm. but he, like, knew something was up. Um, quick question. Yeah. Seldom means rarely correct okay so a sense of being in love with someone is seldom a prelude to long-term commitment so it's basically being like just because you have feelings and you're in love with someone rarely means it's gonna work out in a long-term sense yeah i think they're kind of alluding to like 
the difference in lust and love yeah or honeymoon period yeah and i think well i mean i think that's really what like lust is is that like you're just like really infatuated with this person but that doesn't mean that like you were going to be with them forever Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't mean that there's not really great things happening i mean i when i first read that section the first section of the chapter i kind of walked away being like i almost feel like they're basically saying well this is why matchmakers work is the matchmakers look at it very rationally first yeah like like the show indian matchmaking is a huge hit right now yeah and the woman sits there and basically is like give me like what are your top three things you want in a person or what's important Mm -hmm. to you uh you know like some families they're like oh you live with the in-laws and the brother and his wife like there's stuff like that that's very like yeah you know what i'd want to learn that up top like if i was someone getting set up because i'd be like no thank you Uh, but other people are like oh yeah that's what you that's what i would do too yeah thing so but it's kind of like the matchmaker basically is like I make sure all the core values line up almost like, so you don't even have to worry about that. And yeah. it's the same page. Uh, and then for them, it's kind of just more based on that, like type and attraction. Right. Because they don't meet many times. It seems like before they like basically are like, yeah, okay, we'll agree to get married. Right. Or like seriously date for like the more modern ones. Right. Yeah. I think I just came up with a really good analogy. We were talking about cake earlier. So if you think about it, of like, <laughs> Once, like, a waiter brings out, or, like, you're at a bakery, and, like, you see, like, the really good cakes, and, like, your eyes are going to be first drawn to, like, the one that has, like, that's, like, frosted and decorated the best, right? But it's, like, you really have to, like, read about what's on the inside, because what if it's, like, peach cobbler inside? You're, like, that's disgusting. (laughs) But it's, like, and or, you know, it's, like... it's disgusting. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or, like, it, I mean just to make it like more basic like if it's vanilla on the inside and you're like oh but i really wanted chocolate today and like then you have to like go and like really pick through like where's one of the chocolate on the inside and i think like a lot of times with dating like when you sit down at that first date you're just going to take in everything that's like physically in front of you and like what you can find out within an hour and it's really not a whole lot usually yeah i mean that's we just did the first date rules yeah and part of that is basically being like don't ruin the initial attraction right if that's ruined it doesn't even go to a second date exactly but then it's the same of like sometimes people are just too attracted like i feel like this more ha- happens with men they're just yeah. like so attracted to this woman that they're like ignoring all these signs yeah that are negative signs because they're like no but this is this is beautiful woman and i can't believe i got her and it's like she's terrible like yeah. for you like it's not a good match or like she doesn't treat you right or you know and vice versa i guess yeah we'll do that with men. But I, I just think, feel like it's more often men i will see kind of be in this trance of attraction but i think women get fucked over and are like taken on these emotional roller coasters and i think it's because in the beginning they're so infatuated oh for what's sure. in front of them and they're not like digging to the surface of like oh you genuinely don't want a relationship <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna find this out on date five when i think we're headed that way mm, true you know true. so and i think that probably happens more now with apps because all you're doing is seeing someone's face and deciding yes or no yeah so i don't know i don't know it's interesting i mean i don't know i just read that and was like oh this feels like this is the point of a matchmaker they kind of go through all the boring stuff for you that then yeah. you can kind of sit there being like i don't have to worry about that part now it's just of like what's our vibe yeah i mean even like not even like totally a matchmaker but like being set up by friends because they're gonna know like oh these are the things that are good for my friend or like these are the things that like someone else has kind of like fucked her over on you know (laughs) because like your friends see it before you yeah yeah they always do yeah that's why they never they never tell you what they really feel right until you tell them you broke up somebody yeah until you tell them (laughs) you broke up then they'll tell you yeah 
Um, all right, let's see this next part here. Um, so there's three components, and the first one is an instinct for completion. It says, all of us are radically incomplete. We lack a range of qualities in our characters, psychological, but also physical. We might be missing calm, creativity, practical know-how, wit, strength, or sensitivity. It is, it is as if somewhere within us, we recognize this incompleteness and experience an attraction wherever we enter the orbit of someone who possesses a complementary quality. So basically, it's saying that like opposites attract. Yeah, or like the thing that attracts you to someone is the thing you're missing. Right. Which I think makes sense. It's like how I will often attract guys that are more introverted and shy just because they're like, oh, you're really outgoing and chat. Like they're almost like, oh, good, on a date, like I wouldn't have to worry. Like she'd probably do all the talking or. Right. There's like that element. Right. I find. And then I'm like, I don't like shy guys. Actually, this drives me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out of like, I don't know what I attract. I feel like people tend to think I'm shy before they get to know me. And then it kind of blows up when they realize that I'm not. Like once I get comfortable, I'm like. (laughs) I don't know. I'm close to you. I still don't think you're like too chatty or whatever. Thank you. But I guess it was like, yeah, there was definitely a turn where I was like, oh, yeah, Molly talks. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess there was a while that I was like, yeah, Molly's like really quiet. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I guess we're friends now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you used to say that. I was like, no, I just don't really have anything to say. Like, Which is fine. Yeah, until I got something to say. It's a confident thing to have. <laughs> um, yeah, it's later in this chapter. It has the example I love of like two rooms that are decorated differently. And one is like mm-hmm. very minimalist and one is like busier. And it was basically being like yeah if you're someone that has like a hectic life or a hectic mind you want the more calming environment of minimalism Mm -hmm. and then if you're someone that like wants more creativity and more spark you're drawn to like the busier room and i feel like that's like exactly the same with people yeah but i think it's interesting though how you're saying that like kind of the white walled room basically let's call it the one that's kind of like all like porcelain it's like the people who kind of tend to be that way can just be like kind kind of frustrating like in, in not even like a calm but like just is there anything going on like you're not gonna add anything to this conversation like it's just gonna be me here well i mean i think you're reading it that way but it also can be like sometimes i feel like i need someone that's gonna calm me down in a way okay like be very chill because i know i can get like flustered and a little frantic okay or i'm very work focused and busy that I almost need someone that is like, hey, let's just like go have a coffee. Okay. Like very kind of like, let's slow down and smell the roses because I'm like too much of a workaholic. Okay. So that's. So kind of like the, um, like in the book attached that we did, like the different relationship styles, like the secure to your, like the areas where you might be insecure, not saying that like on on the whole you're insecure but like in the places yeah i think that makes more sense it's like uh it's the same thing of um some guys like quote crazy girls Mm -hmm. and there's something about this wildness to them and it's usually because they weren't super wild yeah yeah that's true or just like it adds something in their life Mm -hmm. you know because otherwise it could probably be a bit monotonous for some people true you know yeah i don't know i think maybe i just like haven't really found this like i haven't found someone that's like like compliments me really like even the guys that i really fell for uh, you know i haven't found that they like filled some void necessarily 
yeah i mean i haven't found that either and i think that's why we're both single <laughs> yeah because it's something of like uh it's i think this is a similar thing of if you ask your friends what type of person they think you're going to end up with it most likely is not the type that you've been dating yeah does that make sense yeah my but friend had, katie says i'm gonna be a stepmom interesting <laughs> yeah she's yeah. like you're gonna be a cool one <laughs> i've had a lot of my friends be like erica you're essentially gonna end up with a guy that just does whatever you want to do and what you want to what you say and yeah i was like but i hate that they're like no i think eventually that's what you're gonna settle down with yeah i could see that because they're like you just naturally are a leader yeah so they're like you need someone that's just gonna follow and not right. like fight you on a lot of stuff right and i mean also you're a busy very busy person like you were just saying like you have all of this kind of like not like chaos in your life because it is very much like organized chaos but just like a lot of stuff going on especially yeah. just with like what is the nature of comedy and what is like the nature of podcasting yeah. like, it's not like you really have like a nine to five or that that's yeah, really like your future yeah Whereas, i mean i like, have to get one if comedy is still dead for too long but but realistically like your future yeah it's not that's not going to be those pretty little boxes no i travel a lot there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of moving parts which i think yeah kind of like indirectly ends up making you be the person to have to call the shots of like okay i'm gone from like tuesday to friday like and these are the times i can do something a little and, bit yeah. you know so i think that just your life kind of makes it have to take that in some ways yeah you know but i think it's that thing too of just like if you look at who you are in your friend group i'm typically the the planner right type and right it's like so there's like always the friend group you're like yeah there's the one friend that you know never invites you to anything but always comes yeah. and is always super supportive yeah and you're just like okay there's something in you that just like gets anxiety about being the leader that it's like fine yeah you know? yeah and then you have the friend that always you know flakes and, and then you usually have the friend that's always the planner <laughs> yeah you know type of thing so it's like yeah that's just the role i've always fell into right so it kind of was like yeah most likely i guess if it was to work it would be someone but but there's something of me though i like when somebody else takes charge and does that because a lot of times do you ever feel this way i feel this way of like you're kind of like i gotta run shit everywhere else why do i have to run this part too of my life no but i think sometimes i get the anxiety of like are you not doing it because you don't want to but like also if that. you think about with friend, like that's more where my head goes but when you think about with friends like i always look at friends of like okay there are those people who just never plan anything because that's who they are as human beings yeah so i'm like okay are these the men that i'm just attracting and like do they want me to just take charge or and also I'm i mean everything we've looked into is like if a dude wants to see you he'll do he'll do something but that's masculine feminine feminine energy and what yeah, i've said the true. whole time is that like i very much think i'm masculine energy which is taking charge and making but the do plans you, are you attracted to feminine energy going to this chapter as long as i know that like they're okay with that box yeah but full feminine energy or just in the planning sense yeah i think full like you're fine with i plan i ask them out we yeah. go out i afterwards am the one making physical moves i yeah. like all that stuff yeah all right then yeah because also in my experiences when a man makes physical moves on me public or not i haven't felt that it's been like genuine that they like truly like me and i think i've read it wrong in the past and gotten hurt so i'm like okay if i'm in the driver's seat and i'm calling the shots i have i feel like i have more control because i think also being a small person people touch me all the time yeah what, that's something know? i don't experience but many yeah. of my shorter friends have said yeah like people literally will physically pick me up and like move me places which i'm like 
okay like haha i get it but like also it's been me for almost 28 years now like stop yeah so for me when someone touches me it doesn't feel probably the same i guess for like you when it someone like physically touches you like i don't get all like warm and fuzzy because i'm like another person's fucking touching me you Even know someone you want to sleep with makes the first move you yeah like, like i i like it oh, okay, when they okay, do okay. yeah but like it, i don't get a feeling of like oh they're very into me i'm like oh they want to fuck you know like versus like if i make the move i feel like i'm just in the driver's seat more because i remember actually after i hooked up with a guy that i'm really into and or like was really into and i was talking to steven about it, our old roommate and i like was talking to him the next morning he's like oh like you just got home kind of thing because i stayed over at the guy's place and i was like yeah i don't think he likes me and he was like what are you talking about <laughs> like you just slept over That's and such i was a like steven brain yeah i was like no like he definitely like doesn't like me mm. and then i didn't hear from him but i'm like at everybody at the bar that night that would have like seen it like very like physical touchy this is interesting because for me it doesn't them making the move doesn't make me be like oh they like me or they just want to f- hook up. Like, I feel like that's many other context clues go into that for me. Okay. Like, I don't know. I just get more annoyed because I'm like, you don't genuinely mean this. Which I'm like, I don't like disingenuine people. So, like, I guess I've just been burned so many times. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like I think you're yeah. just assuming the worst because I'm like, that does, just because the guy makes the move doesn't mean he only wants to hook up with you. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> I'm like, I would be like, Molly, you need the context clues of like, you know, like, like if a man really asked you out on a date and like took you to this like really nice dinner and like was like courting you hardcore and then like just went to kiss you at the end of the night would you be like oh this guy just wants to fuck me no but i wouldn't be like oh like he's genuinely into me i i, I don't know i still like well, i feel like that's something we can never really tell after one day yeah so. like i've been burnt on all the on all of those okay, like i yeah. don't read physical as like that's- yeah I don't think you should read physical as either way. I think it is just uh, an additional sign that someone could be interested in you. And then it's, that's why all the books say to hold out on sex. Cause they're like, you got to hold out to make sure they are there emotionally into you. Cause if they're not, they're not going to wait that long. That's the whole waiting game. Well, right. Yeah. According to every research we do is literally like, Hey, this is why you should wait. Cause it's going to weed out people that don't really care about you yeah i get that but i just like the control part of it which is i mean see for me i feel like it's like god do i have to do i have to like be the man everywhere like that's the one part that i'm like no i want to be the the feminine energy here yeah and that's fine yeah so that, i mean that's for me you're with the majority <laughs> you know? <laughs> no but i think a lot of women or people that want to be in the feminine energy tend to want to be in the feminine energy a lot of other places yeah so yeah but it's a, I, don't know, I mean, I think it's a nice flip. We're not saying you're going to go home and vacuum in pearls, but, <laughs> but there is something I understand what you're saying. Cause there is something to being like, I hooked up with that guy cause I wanted to hook up with him. Right. Not because he wanted to hook up with me. And I was like, mm, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Like I get what you mean. I think in some ways it probably is like just a hard defense too, of like, okay, like now I'm controlling of like what can hurt me and what can't. Oh, for sure. For you sure know? it is. Like we said, you're, cause you're going to put it in your category in your mind. If you're right. the one making physical moves, you're the one kind of being like, Nah, this is just a hookup thing. I just want to hook up with this guy. Right. Like. Right. Or you're like, I'm deciding. Yeah. This. I'm not going to let him confuse me. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. get that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the second one, which is the instinct for endorsement. Um, And it says, there's a second instinct that drives us in love. The instinct for endorsement, which is when we might be powerfully attracted to people who seem to understand the lonely aspects of us. We love them for their ability to endorse fragile, isolated, offbeat traits. They get us 
in contrast to the legions of the insensitive who cannot. Um, so basically it's saying all of this is the, you know, that the ideal partner in our world on their own will just kind of instinctively know the things that like make us insecure basically. And they, they essentially like endorse that those are valid. Is it for sure things that make you insecure or is it kind of leaning on the thing of like good partners, like instinctively take care of you in a way? Because many of my friends, female friends that suddenly are in a relationship where like, it's like towards marriage. The number one thing most of them say is like, no guy has ever taken care of me as well as he has. And it's like this next level of caring about them that they're like, wow, I didn't realize that like all my exes didn't do those little things. Yes and no, but it's saying it's like kind of like without asking. It's like um, our love is a, a dividend of gratitude for their magical ability to understand. Perhaps we really like doing jigsaw puzzles and interests that our more intellectual friends often scoff at. Or we have a sexual quirk that we may ne- may never have dared to share with past partners. Or we have sympathy for a political figure that someone else seems to despise. Or we really love but also feel suffocated by our mother. or And that has always sounded odd to people. Or no one seems to understand and forgive us for just how stressed we get around administrative tasks. Or we used to love crawling under our bed when we were a child and we still like that part of us, but we don't find it easy to bring it all out into the open. All of this, the ideal partner will on their own simply know. So it's like they just understand these things about you. Okay. I feel like is this almost the thing of like when couples are kind of like joshing each other, it's always these like little things. Or it's almost like even when your friends josh you, it will be a little thing that like you never really noticed about yourself, but then they pick up on. Maybe, but I think it is kind of like your insecurities because it's saying it's like it's the things that you don't connect on with other people, Mm, you know, and that it's like this person in your life. Not that they like necessarily share it because it like puzzles, for example, the most basic thing, like say you love puzzles and I pick on you all the time about liking puzzles. Like you're going to be insecure about it. Saying like your friends kind of scoff at it, meaning like they are just rude about it. And then you find someone you're dating and like you break out your puzzles and they're like, Oh, like that's really cool. You know, like that's just like a really like neat part of you. I think they just like validate something that has made you feel like very small. Okay. Cause some of the examples though, I was sitting there being like, I don't think it necessarily means it is an insecurity, but it's more like it could be. Like what? I mean, basically the puzzle thing for sure. But even the like, what was the mom relationship like? Oh, love, love my mother, but like can't stand being around her for too long. Yeah, but it said the thing that like drives it. Okay, both that and the puzzle. So the puzzle says perhaps we really like doing jigsaw puzzles and interests that more our more intellectual friends often scoff at. And then the mom, it says, or we really love but also feel suffocated by our mother and that has always sounded odd to people so it's not the fact that like this it's that it's other people's reactions to it so this person is endorsing that it's okay i am okay now i feel like it's the thing in romantic comedies that they're like oh i have this like weird tick and the person's almost like into it in a way right right oh i love that about you right yeah okay like that's what endorsement means right essentially Which, I mean, originally when you read the chapter of the title, I mean, the title of the chapter, my brain was more being like, uh, from an encouragement standpoint, but then the examples were more like insecurity. So I was like, well, that's not like, like being the cheerleader, 
You know right. what I mean? It's just make it's accepting it basically. Yeah. But it like without you really having to explain it, I think is what it's getting at. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, wh- what do you think about that? I mean, I think this is like I said earlier, where it's like no one's perfect, and not necessarily that these things are bad things, but it's almost like I guess you maybe personally view them as your negative qualities, and the person you're with doesn't care. They're yeah. like that doesn't make me love you any less. Yeah, and I wonder. Or if they're like, yeah, I already knew. Like I noticed right. that about you very quickly, actually. And you're like, oh, you did. Right. And I wonder if it's almost like, I think sometimes that endorsement or like support can be taken when someone doesn't just outrightly say something negative. And I think men can often just be like really passive and they're just like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about what she says about her mom. And so you almost have this validation of like, oh, he's cool with it. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I want, I don't know. So this one I would like approach with caution (laughs) yeah especially because they did give a range like puzzles no one gives a shit but like the way you speak to your mother like have you ever just been around someone with like the way they speak to their parents you're like oh my god oh yeah i'm like hell no yeah it's the same thing we're talking about with like uh, treating like service yeah people where you're just like oh nope i'm not standing i'm not co-signing this right uh uh-uh Right. And it's like, just because no one says anything doesn't mean they're cool with it. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're just really uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. You know, so I think definitely with like the range of these things, you got to like definitely be a bit self-aware. I was going to say, I think weight gain kind of falls into this. Yeah. Uh, Like I have a friend that had a baby and she made this post on um, Instagram because she was someone that always was very in shape and naturally pretty thin. But having a baby changes your body. Mm-hmm. And she is not fat by any means. But she said, she's like, she posted like before pictures and after pictures. Mm-hmm. Being like, listen, I know like for me, this is a big change. Like I've never been this size. Mm-hmm. And her husband like commented like, you know, I love you at any size. You know? So, But that's kind of this endorsement thing is this person almost being like, Hey, just because you like gained a little weight doesn't mean I'm gonna leave you. Right. Like, and to say it publicly I'm like here. that. Right. You know. I mean, yeah. that's like the age we live in. But I feel yeah. like it's it's often. I think I would I would put that in this category. Oh, I think that's a really like good one and something that people will kind of like suffer in silence on sometimes yeah. and be like very insecure. So someone, I think that is something where like endorsement does need to be more vocal because like just because no one says something like hey like you're not fat doesn't mean that you're not going to sit there and like not feel like a fat piece of shit sometimes right exactly or i mean specifically with like a baby i think just the fact that men literally go you just had a baby right or they're like what do you expect right like, i knew this was gonna happen you knew this was gonna happen like yeah. there's no rush here like right. we're just trying to keep this thing alive yeah <laughs> like my canon said he was like man the first birthday is just a party for you like we did it for a year <laughs> you know and i feel like it's like kind of the same thing with your body but it's just you know i mean it doesn't help that there's already so many pressures about body stuff but essentially mm-hmm. celebrities that like have a baby and then like so quickly after like back to whatever size yeah they must like 80 percent of them get lipo i'm sure listen it's not even that it's just like they got trainers they have you know nutritionists they Nannies. have a chef in their house they got a nanny yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like they have all the moving parts that it's almost like actually if they couldn't lose any weight after it'd be like what are you guys doing yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like we'd be worried that's true yeah i think this one's a approach with caution for me all right the third one i found really interesting okay the instinct for familiar 
familiarity. It's a tough word. Familiarity. Familiar. That one I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that one. Words are hard. Um, okay. In adulthood, we will be attracted to people who remind us more or less uncon- unconsciously of the people we loved as children. The idea seems unnerving because of the natural feeling of disgust around thinking of parental figures sexual. But this is not the point. This isn't that we are attracted to people who are in every way like our parents. It's just that with unnerving symmetry, some of the qualities we find most attractive in adults are those that were once manifest in our caregivers from childhood. The affection of our partners can end up tinged with a feeling of familiarity in their arms in an emotional sense. We come home. Do you feel like this is reiterating the like women date people that are like their fathers? Or do you think it's more how your family environment is just influences your future relationships? I think it's more, yeah, of like the environment influences your future relationships, which is a bit of the attached book, isn't it? Yeah. Um, It originally starts being like we thought attachment was entirely based on your family and your parents. mm -hmm. It turns out it's not, Mm -hmm. but it is a part in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with it. Like, this might sound really weird, but sometimes I think... Like, I don't really have a need for, like, a strong male, like, to date necessarily because I do have such a strong relationship with my brother and my dad. And, like, they're kind of, like, my biggest cheerleaders as as men in my life and, like, always have been of, like, teaching me just to be, like, really strong. Like, I mean, my brother calls me all the time as, like, preparing the that like the podcast is going to take off and like my future he's like I can't wait to just watch your future like you're going to be so successful and like it's just just always pumping me up and so then just this feeling of like in a relationship having to be like kind of in a box to a man when Mm. for my whole life I feel like I've just been loved in a way that puts me on a pedestal of like that I'm going to run the show and like I'm going to be like always I've been taught that like how to be like financially independent and successful for myself and provide for myself. And that as a woman, I don't necessarily like need a man to make things happen. No. Yeah. We've talked about this before and I agree of like, I think there are a lot of women specifically, but we'll just say people in the world, but it more is women that don't truly believe they're going to have whatever lifestyle they dream of unless they marry a man that has that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and can essentially provide that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that just comes from years and years of like the pressure of men to be the provider. Yeah. Type of thing. Do you feel though that like you're missing something because you don't have a relationship in your life? Well, we talked about this before of like, that is the part of life that I never feel like is around. Right, but do you feel like you're missing out on something because you don't have it? That's a difference of, like, it not being um, sometimes, there. Sometimes, not like, all the time, okay. but sometimes. Okay, yeah. what I'm saying is I feel like I'm not. You like, never, there's never a time that you're like, oh, I wish I had a boyfriend right now? Not really. No, like, there's times where I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to, like, hang out with someone, but I'm never like, I feel like I'm missing something because I don't have a relationship. Mm, okay. I just feel like I have, I have just like strong such strong like men in my my life that like love me in those ways that a lot of times i'm like i just need someone to have sex with me (laughs) you know like no i feel that 100 percent. because we talked about how if you have somebody that you just like hook up with here and there 
that you have good sex with. Yeah. It fills that need that, yeah, you're like not like almost like on the hunt as much, whether it be for like a random hookup or a relationship. Cause you're kind of like, okay, I get like when I'm horny and I feel that way or want, you know, a night in with somebody, yeah. you, I have someone to hit up and yeah. then all the other time you could just fully focus on everything else. But I think that partly more, whether it's like a hookup thing and not a relationship or it is a relationship, it kind of is that thing like an attached that talks about like you almost can more fiercely and without hesitation go after other parts of your life. Cause that part is not a worry. There's like someone in that department. Yeah. But do you feel like when you don't have that it's like a distraction and you can't chase other things no i don't feel like it's a distraction because i have the same thing of i'm like yeah i have a you know dad in my life that's Mm -hmm. a great dad and a great family and a great like support system in that way that it's like i don't look to the person i date to be my support system or the same thing of like provider wise because i was same thing brought up of like what are you going to do for a living? What do you right. want to do? What goals do you have? What do you want to achieve? So, but sometimes I feel like that hurts both of us in dating of a lot of times that's where men get their pride is almost being like feeling like the woman really likes that they are successful in whatever they're doing. Right. And I think a lot of times guys feel like they don't get that from me. Like I'm supportive. I'm like, Oh, I'll like back what you're doing and I'll be like, Oh, that's exciting and whatnot. But yeah. like, I feel like they can almost tell I don't look at them like, oh, good, you can provide for me. Right. And, so, like, a lot of times I feel like that's kind of the thing that's missing. Yeah. Or that might be the thing that, that would like, make click. them be more romantically interested in me. Interesting. Does that make sense? I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. Um, like, it's almost like this... I mean, part of it, I feel like, is... I mean, we're straight, so in straight relationships, it's kind of just like, man, sometimes you're like, man, how much praise do men fucking need? Yeah, they need a lot of praise for like certain accomplishments, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all the same shit over here. I'm busting my ass too. Where's my praise? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess, I mean, just thinking about though, like the way, like you were just like loved as a child. I think it's not even like praise for me, but like also just kind of taught that like I don't need anybody. Yeah. You know, like, I can just do everything on my own. Yeah. So, like, I don't, sometimes I'm like, what does another person in my life even add besides oh, yeah. just I mean, cheaper rent? I would look down on girls that were, like, boy crazy. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, why, does she, why do you always need a boyfriend? Exactly. Like, you can't be alone for five minutes. But then, like, a lot of times then you take, like, the hard left and you're almost like, yeah, I'll be alone forever long I fucking want. Like, right. Like, then it's almost this weird pride about being alone, which it's like, right. there really shouldn't be pride on either. Exactly. Sometimes you're alone, sometimes you're with people. Yeah. is what it is you know yeah well i think it's saying more of like just the way that you received love as a child it, that's what you would look for in a partner which is yeah. different than like the values that were instilled on you as a child yeah like when i had my high school boyfriend there wasn't really a fuss about it there wasn't this praise and like no excitement. Not, not even that like the way that your mom and dad loved you not about the people in your life, but like the way that they loved you and interacted with you as a child. Like that is what you would look for in a partner. Um, I guess in some level. Yeah. Like, cause what I'm saying from like my part, I think like I wasn't really clear in the beginning saying that like specifically like the men in my life, me and my dad and my brother and like they both are like obviously like really like big parts of my life and they both really like loved me and the way that they loved me like pushed me to be a very independent woman 
you know even from like a very young age like I was in the garage fixing cars with my dad like you know those like working a toolkit like learning how to do everything on my own so that like no one would ever have to do it for me I think a great example and where this probably hits for you too is like when you're on the apps and you see someone or like when you don't even like you got to the point where you didn't even like put comedy on the apps because there would be people who kind of like falsely talked about it. That's them like not really believing that you do it really. Yeah. That's right? the worst. Or like, that are the you really w- a comedian? Do yeah. you make money doing that? And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. So. Yeah. Cause they, they're asking that cause they don't believe it. Yeah. And that's actually something that my brother told me on this podcast. He's like, honestly, really like that. The questions that you get on it and know that a lot of times when people are talking to you, they don't believe in you yeah and like really just put that in like the back burner and i think for women that really just goes for a lot of things it's like when people ask you things like especially if it's your career mm-hmm. they're probably not <laughs> believing that you can do it which sucks you know and so like in a partner if they were to like ask me kind of like quizzically about something that i'm really passionate about like my career like i would just automatically dismiss them because i'm like i don't need you yeah i guess yeah if they kind of challenged you on anything right but if they were so i think basically like i just need someone who's gonna be like m- kind of like my cheerleader <laughs> which i think is kind of toxic though of like no it can be bad i mean alexis guerreros that's the way he talks about his wife he's like i would love if she's a star right he's like because it's like if you truly see someone as your equal and your partner like when they shine that is helping you as a couple my fear though is that it would be someone who i basically just like walk all over that's exactly my thing that's mm-hmm. why people are like you're just gonna end up with someone who does whatever you say i'm like well i could have done that already yeah i'm like, actively I've had that not person doing that and i'm like yeah there's been people that's like oh you there's no opinion here you'll just do whatever i want they'll, they'll never fight me on anything and i'm yeah. like no i, I like, like that yeah like i i know i need boundaries sometimes i'm <laughs> like listen i you got to have some masculine energy in the relationship somewhere uh, yeah or even just like some pushback on me because like if i if i don't have boundaries like i may go off the rails real quick you know <laughs> like <laughs> i need someone who's like kind of keeps me in my place just a little bit like you know yeah i'm like give me three things you care about Give yeah. me three things that would that are like pet peeves that would make your blood boil. Not even things that like would make you upset. Like you can have a positive opinion. Like, no, I want to know. I want to be like, yeah. what makes you fucking tick? Because when you're like nothing, I'm like, you're a liar, and I don't like not knowing at least one of these things. Yeah. Well, they also say that like the people who are too happy go lucky. When they snap, it's the worst. Like, yeah, they're the ones who you don't want to piss off because they keep it bottled up all the time. Yeah, and then they go the fuck off. <laughs> Is that you? When I get mad, I get mad. Yeah. And I wouldn't say you're heavy-go-lucky, but you don't get mad often. But then when you get mad, you're mad. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know you know when I'm mad. Like, it's not going to be subtle. <laughs> but then I get over it. Like, I don't hold grudges. I have an Irish temper. Yes, but that is the result of not saying anything for a long time. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Whereas I say something right away. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, that's done. I told them. Yeah. And then I'll just, like, I'll go off and then I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else from the book or are we good? No, that was it. All right. We've hit our time um any closing thoughts uh, i don't think so i don't know this is a, this is an interesting book the next chapter i'm very interested to get into so we'll do that at some point um anyway as always uh let us know if you have any questions any suggestions shooters gotta shoot pod at gmail.com and on instagram at shooters gotta shoot pod and i'm at sparica but i'm at the guacamole and we'll see you guys next week bye, bye.